again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Coors Light here on Giants.com. It is Monday afternoon in East Rutherford, New Jersey, as the Giants continue training camp. Today was the first morning practice of training camp as Coach Pat Shermer has changed things up a bit. Instead of a 2.45 practice start, which he had for the first couple of weeks, practice now beginning at 10.45 in the morning, saying that the installations now during the first two weeks have pretty much been completed, so it's easier for them to just start practice earlier and then make corrections later on in the day. Our number to call if you'd like to get in and join us is 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Or, of course, you can hit me up at GiantsWFAN on Twitter. Or, if you're on Twitter and go hashtag GiantsChat, I will also try to get to some of your questions and comments. Now, before we get to today's phone calls and questions and, and so forth and so on, a couple of business notes to take care of. Just got done talking to Coach Shermer at his media availabilities. Um, let's tell everybody that uh, Brian Mahalik suffered a burner during practice, went down for just a bit, was able to get up under his own power, left the practice field. Coach said he thinks it was only a burner. They'll check on him further this afternoon. Uh, but he has been running at the Giants' second team left tackle during the course of training camp. Uh, Giants giving other reps to uh, Chris Slade at the tackle spot, extra reps today. Excuse me. And also uh, Paul Adams. Uh, Slade, an NFL veteran, and Adams, uh, a rookie, uh, undrafted free agent out of Missouri. Get a little bit excited here as we talk about practice. It's always a, a beautiful thing. Your temperature in the 80s, sunny skies, low humidity with a breeze. Truly, this was the most perfect weather conditions for training camp since the Giants began practicing a couple of weeks ago. Uh, other thoughts as we uh, go through some of the things that we saw today and we heard today. Uh, Zach Diossi and Michael Thomas excused to tend to uh, NFL Players Association business today. B.J. Hill excused the birth of uh, his child, uh, which is, of course, a great thing. Congratulations to him. We hope to hear more about uh, his expanding family uh, when he gets back, probably tomorrow, I would guess, but I'm not sure. Uh, Giants also, uh, Coach Shermer announcing that the Golden Tate will be heading to the NFL offices at some point tomorrow to uh, go through his appeal on the uh, the suspension over the uh, fertility treatment that he had undergone back in April. So hopefully the Giants will be able to get a resolution to that situation sooner rather than later. Uh, Other items, let's see here. I guess Coach Shermer, just in terms of some of his comments today, uh, Sterling Shepard continues to go out at the practice field and try to make one-handed catches. A few times he's been contacted. You know, he's wearing that yellow penny because he's got the, the injury to his left thumb and they really don't want him to be hit. But instincts sometimes take over on the practice field and he has been getting contacted. But no harm, no foul. Coach Shermer said everything's okay with him. And actually there is a benefit to him still trying to make one-handed catches with his good hand, his right hand, because as Coach Shermer said, there are times in the game where when you have to make a one-handed catch. So it's not necessarily a bad thing for him to practice just trying to catch with one hand uh, while he has the uh, the tape on his left thumb. Uh, Let's see, what else did the coach talk about today? He said Paul Perkins is doing a really good job. I remember last year, sidelined on IR with a torn pec. Can't wait to see him in game action. Uh, Also mentioned uh, C.J. Conrad. The uh, tight end, once again, getting plaudits as he was asked about him for the second time in the last week. 
and saying that uh, he, he runs routes well, he's catching the ball well, he's doing everything they've asked him to do. He's tough, he's competitive, uh, just good tools to be developed. So anxious to see him in a game for sure. Says that John, John Jalapio has done a good job and should get the first look with the starters. That's the first time that he's actually said it clear without hinting at it that Jalapio is in fact a nose ahead of Spencer Pulley as the starting center. Coach Shermer adding, though, that Pulley is very capable uh, of being the starter, and so they're very happy about the depth that they have at that position. Also asked again about Corey Ballantyne, the rookie corner out of Washburn, sixth-round pick who has been sensational over the last several practices. Remember, Sam Beal still nursing a bit of a tweak in his hammy and his groin. Ballantyne has made use of those reps once again, Another question about Ballantyne today, and Shermer saying he has made steady improvement after getting a late start, and his natural talent has been showing up quickly. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Those, those are the things that we uh, were able to glean from uh, from today's pe- uh, press conference involving Coach Shermer. As far as practice today, I would say the play of the day um, would have to have been the long bomb that was thrown to uh, Corey Latimer. It was over Jack Rabbit uh, down the right sideline. And, you know, Eli put it right on the money, and Latimer had a step, and he made the grab just inside the sideline. Uh, Latimer has shown deceptive speed during this summer camp, speed that I wasn't sure that I had seen previously. And remember last year had a lot of his season ruined by a hamstring injury, but then uh, was able to come back for the final couple of weeks. Um uh, right now, to me, Corey Latimer is running in the lead for the number three wide receiver spot. That's how I see it. He has shown deceptive speed. He's been catching almost everything that's thrown at him. We know he's a veteran. He understands the game. He has terif- tremendous work ethic, and he's a very good special teams player. So right now, for me, I think Corey Latimer has the edge on the number three spot. And, of course, Darius Slayton still uh, nursing Uh, That hamstring injury, Giants hoping to get him out there sooner rather than later because he certainly needs the work. The fifth-round pick out of Auburn would be an outstanding addition to this wide receiver's room. But uh, at the moment, uh, still on the side, doing some backpedaling, doing some high-stepping. So he is working with the trainers, clearly getting closer, but not quite there yet. I thought there was another great play on defense. The defensive player of the day, I'm going to go with DeAndre Baker knocking away a a long Eli pass down the left sideline intended for Golden Tate. And Baker had blanket coverage and a perfectly defended pass right at the last second. A terrific throw, terrific route, even better defensive play. And why do you like those kinds of plays? Well, if you're the coach, you like those kinds of plays because you see there was execution on offense, the throw was good, the route was good, and then just an even better defensive play. So everybody kind of gets a positive check mark on something like that. Those, those, those are good. You, you know, that, that's, that's a very, very positive and productive play when both sides of the ball can actually say, you know what, we played that one right. So I thought that was the best defensive play uh, of practice today. I'm just trying to look at any of my other notes. Uh, Jones with a long connection over the middle with Alonzo Russell. Uh, Russell Shepard did have a drop over the middle today. We don't usually see that. Russell's uh, a solid receiver. 
Uh, let's see, Ballantyne breaking up a pass from Eli to Sterling Shepard over the middle. Again, Ballantyne's been been terrific lately, so uh, he did have another pass breakup this morning. Uh, Tanny hit a long left out route to Wesley against La- uh, Ladder Ladler. Uh, Wesley is an interesting prospect. Uh, just came off the PUP, I guess, within the last 36 hours, 48 hours or so, and very interesting in that you know he averaged like 18 yards a catch when he was in college uh, this last couple of years. So uh, he's just so far behind right now. Let's see if uh, you know if he can make an impact over the course of the next several weeks because I know uh, Charlie from Maine's a big fan of his, and I understand why. The college production was there, but at this point, we really haven't gotten a chance to see him. Well, today he made a nice play. He had, he had one, one nice ball to him that I thought that was worthy of a splash play that I put down on my Twitter. And then let's see, uh, the other one I'm going to give you is... Tanny to Scott in the back left corner of the end zone, but a nice breakup by Grant Haley, uh, who made uh, a really, really super play at the last moment. And then finally in the red zone drills, Ballantyne had tight coverage on a Jonin completion of Fowler in the right corner. He was all over it. I don't know if Fowler would have been inbounds had he come down with it anyway. And then Jones was able to beat Ballantyne on a right corner throw for a touchdown pass to T.J. Jones. The former Detroit Lion, who has certainly uh, made an impact here in his short time at training camp. Uh, you know, diminutive guy, not the biggest guy, but versatile, smart, and he usually catches everything that's thrown at him. And Jones is certainly making a, a, a run at trying to stick on the 53. So that kind of introduces our show today. Uh, also want to remind folks that coming up 630 tonight on the MSG Network, we will have uh, Giants training camp live. I'll be with uh, Bob Papa and David Deal on tonight's show. And we certainly hope you tune in and we'll get some uh, highlights and interviews and, again, all the stuff that's uh, happened here during the course of the day. But right now, it is time to begin our phone call session on Big Blue Kickoff Live, 201-939-4513. And we will go to the phones. Line number four has John from Pennsylvania. You're first on the show. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Paul? Great. How are you? Doing well. Just have a question, and I'm going to take it offline. Um, considering how aggressive Greg Williams is with his defense, mm-hmm. do you do you personally view that as a positive or negative in regards to Daniel Jones's development? You know, considering this is really kind of his first game action. And um, again, I'll take it offline, Paul. Okay, John. It's a great question, but the first variable here is that we don't know how much or when Daniel Jones will play. I was asked this on WFEN the other day. Um, Do you think that Jones will start, or how much time is he going to get? Coach Shermer has not announced his decision in terms of player deployment for the Jets game. If you go by last year, he did not play Eli Manning in the first game, as you will recall. So it is certainly possible that Daniel Jones gets the start against the Jets. It's also possible that Alex Tenney gets the start against the Jets. And Jones comes in, I don't know, a quarter into the game. Who knows? He could come in at any time. Late first quarter, mid-second quarter, maybe he waits to the third quarter. Don't know the answer to that right now. Um, So I don't know if Jones will be facing many of the first-team Jets defenders or will he be facing their second-team defense or even... Again, if it's in the second half, 
Will he be playing against some of their third team and maybe fourth team defenders? Don't know the answer to that right now. I will say this. James Betcher has been running complex defensive schemes, and they run blitz packages in every single practice, specifically to test the offensive line and to test Daniel Jones and the other quarterbacks. So they're seeing an awful lot of things that that you may not usually see during the course of a mundane training camp. They are being um, aggressive, and they are showing a lot of variety of, of things at this offense with the intention of trying to make sure that everybody gets up to speed and is, and is well prepared for when the regular season begins. So I understand Greg Williams is one of the more aggressive, creative defensive coordinators in the National Football League. Nobody would ever dispute that. How aggressive is he going to be? My guess is he probably will be with his first and second teamers. I don't know how much with his third and fourth teamers because I I have not been at Jets practice. I don't know how well they're developing. I don't know if they're even capable of handling that stuff. So it really depends on when Jones gets in there and who he's facing as to how much of the aggressiveness, if you will, that he will see. It's a long-winded answer. I think it's complete. John, I hope I gave you uh, the answer you were looking for. Maybe we'll know more tomorrow if Coach Shermer does decide to announce uh, who will play when and how much they'll play. But at this point, we're kind of, uh, we're kind of on hold in terms of uh, that type of, uh, of prediction or, uh, or look ahead. All right, back to the phone lines. In line number three, Marco is in Connecticut. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, Paul. How are you? Great, Marco. How are you? I'm doing well. I, I couldn't get in on Friday for the bold prediction, so I'd like to give you mine, mm-hmm. if that's okay. And then um, I had a, a couple quick questions. I'll let John so know. My, Go ahead. Thank, thank you. Okay, my bold prediction is uh, Dexter Lawrence will be an NFC Pro Bowler this year. Oh, um, my. Nice. Nice. Uh, or maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll say it like this. He will end up in the Pro Bowl this year. So okay. maybe he's a first alternate that ends up there or a second uh, alternate. Sure. But I believe, I believe he will play in the game. I will say this. Based on what I've seen of him so far and based on what I think the Giants are going to do with him in Betcher's scheme, I mm. would be very shocked if he's not at least on the NFL's all-rookie team. Ooh, okay. All right. As, let me ask you this, Paul. Um Have you been surprised at all by the way that they've been using him? Well, let me put it to you this way. And, Marco, I'm not trying to be funny, but until you see a guy actually on the field under game conditions, you can't really get a a realistic uh, look at him. I've looked at him on tape enough at Clemson, um, and then I got extra tape from from his uh, assistant coach down there who then showed me examples of him stunting and slicing, which, you know, Wow. I mean, he's an incredible athlete. And again, he's going to play all three defensive line positions at different times during the course of, of, his, uh, of his time here. Now, what I've seen on the field, up close and personal with my own eyes, standing you know 30 yards away, I've mm-hmm. seen a guy who is a heck of a lot more athletic and quicker than you even see on tape. Wow. He's got a tremendous attitude. He, he is very savvy 
in some ways, you'd swear he's in the league three or four years and he's not a rookie. He's oh, wow. not at all, at all like a deer in headlights. This does not look too big for him. And, of course, understand something. Coming out of a Clemson program that won a national championship and also had a defensive line that, that the NFL was salivating to get a hold of, you can understand right. why he would not be in over his head at this level. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. So, sure. So, um, so all of those things have met expectations, but – as is always the case, I tell everybody, when I say that a, a young player or a new player has checked all the boxes to this point, I always have to pause a little bit and say, but I'd need to see him in games. Yeah, no no doubt. But that's fun to hear this early on. Um, okay, two quick questions. You, you could take them uh, in any order you want. Okay. Um, first question on Eli. Uh, I, I've, I heard him say, and I've heard uh, the reporters say about uh, you know, arm strength and what he did in the offseason. Uh, so that's exciting. So I wanted to know how, uh, for people that are going to be watching, like w- w- how will that arm strength translate? Will it translate into you'll see a little bit more flight on the balls downfield, or will we see it more zip in like the intermediate Bingo. passing? Bingo. Don't go anywhere else, Bingo. Marco. Stay right there. It's, right. it's the zip and the tightrope the laser-like throws that are up to 30 yards downfield. Eli made a throw earlier this morning. He was on the right hash mark, and he threw a dart, and I mean a dart, to the opposite sideline about 20 yards downfield. Okay, uh, and, and, yeah. and, I, and if you didn't hear me the other day, I guess I was on, on uh, Friday with John, um, I had spent Thursday's practice. Um, I watched uh, some of it. Uh, Phil Sims was here visiting for the day. And afterwards, spoke with Phil for a good half hour. And I asked him about specifically Eli's stuff. And folks, if I'm repeating this for you, I apologize. But maybe Marco didn't hear it. Maybe others would like to hear it as well. You know, Phil's ahead, a quarterback's yeah. coach now, right? You understand he's got a quarterback school. He's, he's teaching pros, college kids, and, and high school kids about the techniques and the mechanics of being a great quarterback. And what Phil said when I asked him about Eli's leg strengthening and core strengthening and the work he's done to uh, enhance the durability of his rotator cuff, Phil said it absolutely is a big deal. In fact, I did an interview with Phil that's going to air on MSG Networks during the Giants training camp live show sometime this week. I'm not sure if it's going to be tonight or tomorrow. And and I did ask him on air about it as well, so it'll be in the interview. Basically, in, in short form, Phil said what you're seeing, it's not so much increasing the arm strength as much as it is increasing the mechanics of his throw. You're increasing the level of the, of the mechanics because if he has time to step into his throws, which he now has with this offensive line, you've got the lower body strength, which anchors better. You've got the stronger core in his midsection, which then allows him to turn and twist properly and corkscrew through the ball and follow through and step Ooh. into the throw and let it whip around. It's like a corkscrew motion. And it adds to the torque of the ball as it's coming out of his hand. So what you get is additional mustard, juice, zip, call it what you will, on the ball. And it's not necessarily that 
his arm is suddenly much more powerful and stronger. What it more what it is more indicative of is the mechanics that make the ball come out harder and faster. You see what I'm talking about now? I do. I do. And that's I do. why um, that's why I and I kind of said the other day on a show, Eli's kind of found a fountain of youth here because the ball the ball is is whipping. And, and it seems like he has a stronger arm. What it really is is that he has done different things with his mechanics and his techniques that allow the, the result to appear like he has a stronger arm. It's simply that he has done things that help the ball come out with more gusto. Uh, make, makes sense. Thanks for taking me through that. Paul, can you tweet out when you know that interview is going to, when they're going to show that interview on MSG? I'd like to watch. Yeah, I uh, will. Um, I will check with our producer. Is it? Okay. And uh, I'm sorry, we, it's going to be up on Giants.com also. Um, Dave Dominic, our producer, says once it airs on the MSG show, they will post it on Giants.com as a separate insider. So even okay, if you great. don't see it on the show, you'll be able to see it on Giants.com. Phil, right. Phil was just, uh, it, was, it was a thrill to be with him. And by the way, He's real big on Daniel Jones too. He loves both oh, of the. He, he he thinks Eli's throwing the ball better than than he has in years. Thinks he looks great and thinks that Daniel Jones is just going to be terrific. But you check oh, out the interview. I can't wait. That Thanks, Marco. The lineage of uh, you know Sims talking about Manning, talking about Jones. That's pretty cool. Well, you know what's funny, uh, Marco? People people get on me for saying they're like, oh, you know, yeah, you're just a Tino. Well, when Phil Sims tells you, trust me, he knows about quarterbacks. Okay. No, 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 no. Hey, I'll take, I'll take this last question up there. I'll make this quick. Yeah. Um, when Eric Dungy was on the team in the um, off, like you know, mm-hmm. spring in the during the minicamp, is there anyone now who's taking kind of his role that they've moved around as like a hybrid guy? No. Just, no. Nobody. No, okay. Marco. Thanks, there's Paul. there's no slash going on at, at training camp. Take All care. Right, thanks, Paul. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Two zero one nine three nine. Four five one three. Let me see if I can come up with a couple of uh, tweets here. I do want to get them in. I know you folks like to sometimes go to the electronic means instead of dialing up the phone. So we'll see if there's anything on Twitter. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> now that Washington has released the first unofficial depth chart, I would like to ask my question. Would appreciate your comments. Thank you. Greetings from Germany. David Loria. Loria. Uh, sending us that tweet. He wants to know, uh, let's see here. Hmm, I'm not sure I quite understand what he's looking for. I, I guess he's looking for the Giants depth chart. I'm not sure I totally understand your tweet. Fritz, uh, let's see, Fritz, da, 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 okay. Uh, Alex Wilson says, Ballantyne has a chip on his shoulder and he's making a name for himself quickly. I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know that it's a chip on his shoulder. I think it's a prideful thing. As he told us last week in his first press availability, um, his friend who was fatally shot was very close to him and had a great deal to do with Ballantyne getting a shot at the NFL or a chance at the NFL, if you will. And he feels as though not only does he have to do it for himself, but he believes that making an NFL roster is also a tribute to his friend because of all the help that he gave him. And so this is a player on a mission, a big-time mission, to do right not only for his name but for the name of his, of his uh, deceased friend. 
Uh, let's see what else do we have here. I think that's all the tweets we have for now. So let's just go to another phone call. And line number one, Jeff in Rhode Island. You are next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, Paul. How are you doing today? Great. How are you, Jeff? Good. I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the game Thursday night. All of us are. Um, yeah, I um, I hadn't heard anybody on the program. I know you mentioned him earlier, but uh, the name uh, talk about DeAndre Baker. I was wondering uh, how his progression is coming along. And also, uh, I was wondering... Uh, what you might have seen from uh, Marcus Golden in regard to uh, pressuring the quarterback in practice. Okay, let's take them one at a time. We'll start with Baker. <clears throat> Baker is very sticky. He does a terrific job of shadowing receivers, of anticipating the ball, and of getting his hands in there right at the last second and knocking it down. His timing is impeccable. His anticipation is something to watch, and he certainly has a lot of speed. Now, I also am very anxious to see him get more physical in the games because, as you know, in these practice sessions, even when they're in pads, they're not as physical as they're going to be once they're in live action. So I'm really anxious to see that. I'm anxious to see how his run support is, and I'm anxious to see how well he tackles. Um, he was very physical at Georgia, and and when he locked on to somebody and wrapped up, he usually brought him down. So... I'm anxious to see all of that, but until I, I see him in a game, again, Jeff, this is one of those guys. He's checking right. all the boxes so far. Yeah. Now we got to see game boxes. Is that fair? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So that's all understandable. But it sounds like he, he's uh, coming along rather well. So well, far. coach said actually yesterday or two days ago in his last presser that he was he was doing a good job, and there's yeah. no question about his stickiness. Let me just say okay. right now, he is very very sticky. That's yeah, good. that's good to hear. And you asked also about, yeah, Marcus Golden. Marcus Golden, yeah. um, Golden. I'll be honest, I haven't seen any quote splash plays out of him during the early part of training camp. But in talking to a Coach Dawson, who was the outside linebackers coach the other day, he had a press availability, and I think it's on Giants.com. He was specifically asked about Golden and said, you know what, he has seen the burst. He has seen the explosion off the line. And it looks like, you know, he's, he's got some of that stuff that he had back in 2016 with the Cardinals. For me, I need to see it in the games. Because, you know, it's always hard. The, the linemen can't do everything they want to do against a blitzer in these practices. Because, again, the contact is kind of limited. It's more like thud contact right, where you're, you're, right. you're cracking shoulder pads and that's about it. You know, you're really not doing a lot of full throttle banging or, or knocking guys on their butts. I need, you know, if I'm going to look at a pass rusher, I mean, I could see some moves, yeah. But is yeah. it fair to say he's making great moves if I know the offensive lineman can't do everything that he wants to do to him? Right. Yeah, I get it. I understand. So, yeah. so again, I'm going to say with Marcus Golden, let me see the, the boxes in the games. Right now, to this point, he's moving around well. I don't see any signs of, of limping or of gimpiness or of him favoring his knee. Well, you know, he played with the right. Cardinals last year. Now, he wasn't very productive, but he did play a whole season. This is year two after the ACL surgery. So this is the year he's supposed to max out. 
Right. I'm I'm yeah. going to be looking at him very carefully in the games. I'm not going to lie to you because I know the Giants need some pressure out of him. It is imperative that he gives them some pass rush. You and I both know that. I will oh, tell I, you yeah. this, Zimenez, Zimenez has been the most impressive of all the pass rushers. Okay. Well, okay, that I will tell so, you. Uh, let's hope we can see some positive things uh, Thursday night. Got you, Jeff. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. 201-939-4513 is the number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We're talking about Thursday night. For those of you who may be uh, not looking at the preseason schedule because maybe it's not as important to you, yes, the Giants and the Jets will be playing the preseason opener here at MetLife Stadium on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Looking very much forward to doing that. In fact, I'll be in the radio booth doing the game with uh, Sean O'Hara. And uh, it's going to be a very exciting night. Uh, We do anticipate Daniel Jones making his professional debut, albeit in a preseason game. We go to line two and Charlie from Portland, Maine. Hello, Charlie. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Wonderful today. How are you? It's a beautiful day out there. Oh, it is. It's here. It's beautiful here, too. And I just want to say something. I uh, The Red Sox people did a lot of talking last week, but they ain't talking this week, which is sweet. Cat got their tongue, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, a a half-depleted Yankees team literally buried them under like a bulldozer. Yeah, I know. It was so sweet to watch. And just, you know, that's that's good. And then the Giants, hey, like – What's happening? We wheel is not practicing. Mahalik's got a stinger, which usually means it's a neck thing and it's nerve, nerve pinched or something. And then we got Big George has got a concussion, and now we got a guard we're throwing in as tackle. When are we going to bring in a veteran? When are we going to bring in a tackle? Charlie, it's ridiculous. You know they are constantly wheeling guys in here to take a look and and to give them workouts and tryouts and stuff because that's what pro personnel people do uh, during the course of camp and even during the regular season. I assure you, the Giants have their radar out for anybody who they believe can make a push onto this fifty-three man roster. I guess all I can say to you is I'm going to ask you to trust me when I tell you they're doing due diligence and they're trying to find somebody, anybody, who they believe is good enough to make this team better. All right. When you walk by Hell Hunter, just say, Will Beatty. And then he'll say, What? And you say, Will Beatty. <laughs> and then he might get it. Okay, Maybe Charlie. Think of him. I, I might add for you, though, here's one thing you may be really happy about yeah. the interior line. My goodness, uh, I really like the way Nick Gates is coming along. The Nebraska rookie from last year who was on the practice squad, he, yeah. he is feisty. And I saw that on his Nebraska tape. He stays with a block long, and he, and, he, and he just fights you. He's a scrapper. He's another one of those kinds of guys, a Richie Soybert kind of guy. I, I like him a lot. And uh, wasn't, he, you know, wasn't he a tackle in Nebraska? Correct. Why aren't we just trying him a tackle? He's not. He's he doesn't have quick enough and athleticism enough to be a tackle in the NFL. He's he's a guard. He is a guard. All right. But between him and then if Pulley winds up being the the backup center, you know that would be a real nice six and seven on the offensive line depth chart. So I just throw that out to you, and at the same time, I understand your trepidation over the third tackle, because right now it is a question mark going into the preseason games. All right. Well, keep me posted on it, Paul. I, I will. appreciate it. You know I'm always looking <laughs> O-line, Charlie. Come on. My binoculars <laughs> are out all the time. You know that. 
And thanks for the uh, info on Wesley. Well, uh, you know, he's a guy now that you have mentioned on this program several times. And so when I saw something that was uh, that was on the field, I needed to tell you about it. Hey, uh, Wednesday, are they going to just do a walkthrough or are they yes. actually going to practice? No, the no. Game? They'll, they'll do a carded practice tomorrow, which means they actually will run a practice uh, against, quote, Jets plays. And then on Wednesday, it will be a walkthrough as they always do a walkthrough in the 24 right. hours before a game. And then the game, obviously, is going to be on Thursday night. All right. I'm excited. I can't wait to watch the game. Charlie, remember, the game's on NFL Network live as well. If you're in New York, it's yep. on Channel 4 WNBC TV. But NFL Network is going to carry the game live on a simulcast uh, around the country. And I've just been told, Dave, that's true? Giants.com, I am told, is actually going to webcast the live television broadcast a stream on giants.com so even if you're having dinner maybe the lobster's in front of you there charlie you can look at it on your phone hey i'll watch (laughs) it and then i'll listen to you and uh o'hara you're going to be on the fan we'll be on wfan 66 uh, me and sean o'hara doing the radio broadcast looking forward to it 66 up here at night so i'll I'll turn you guys on i think half the country does it's a great signal thank you charlie (laughs) okay guys have a great day 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Plenty of lines open if you want to get in and talk Giants football. We'll be here till the top of the hour. And now we go to line four. And Coach Marvin in Delaware, you're next on the show. Hi. How you doing, Paul? I'm great, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good. I see you there by yourself today. Yeah, we're a little bit short-staffed, but that's okay. I think I can hack it. Oh, I know you can handle it. So, no big deal. Um, what I wanted to talk about, you were talking about, uh, I know we don't know how much time they're going to play on Thursday. Yeah, we just but, don't. Um, but uh, for me, and it's just my thinking, is I, I, would put, I, would, I would put them out there longer than uh, a two-possession game where sometimes Eli doesn't play. I think, I think we're at the point now that those guys need to get out there. Um, because in the practice, as you know, there's no live hitting. There's no tackling. Right. None of that. That is thugging. And now you get a chance to go out here and play. And um, and each team is is trying to learn um, their teammate that they're playing. So this is a good game to play. Maybe a quarter. I'd like to see them play a quarter. I know norm. That's not the norm for most teams. They just go out there and play one or two possessions, especially if they're well established. Um, if you're talking to somebody like, uh, I'm just using them for an example, New England, they really, the way they play is, is pretty much they keep their rosters pretty much the same. So they don't have to uh, play their starters as much. But I think we're in a position, we may need to play the offensive line for a quarter. Until you, unless they go out and they play well the first two possessions, then you take them out. Um, but. Coach, I get I get your point, and I actually lean toward what you're saying, but there is one other side to this dilemma, and that is the Giants' starting five is is real solid on paper, but then when right. you get behind those guys, as I said, you know, Gates is an experience, but I think he's going to ma- probably make the team. If all goes well in the preseason, he, I think he'll make the team as a backup interior guy. And obviously, if Pulley doesn't beat uh, – uh, Jalapio, he's going to make it as a backup interior guy as well. But the two tackles, I'll, I'll be honest, 
I have a little bit of agita thinking about playing Solder and Remmers a lot during the preseason, given the state of the third tackle spot. We know that Wheeler's nicked up. Now we see Mahalik is nicked up. Uh, Big George is nicked up. I mean, we're, we're trying guys like Slade and Adams out there today, get, giving them extra reps at the spot. It's a it's it's more than thin behind the two starters at the offensive tackle spots, and I'm not I don't think I'm I'm talking out of turn when I say to you the Giants need both of those tackles to play 16 games. Okay, you know, as you're saying that, I would have to agree with you. I'm not I wasn't looking at it in that manner, but if you're looking at it that way, if my tackles are not healthy, and I'm I'm kind of bandaging the offensive line to get into the game, then you've got a point that you don't want your starters playing behind unproven tackles. And um, I can agree with that. Well, and and, yeah, and that's the hard part here, Coach Marvin, because, you know, if Daniel Jones, we look, I think it's a pretty safe bet Daniel Jones is going to play some against the Jets. I think we can all pretty much assume that. I don't think it's a reach. I don't know when it's going to be, and who's going to be in there with him. Now, to this point in training camp, he has taken snaps uh, some with the third team early on uh, during the offseason, and now mostly with the second team during camp. He has not taken any snaps with the first team. So, uh-huh. so you know, on one hand, I'm like, okay, if you put him in with the first team, he's in with all these unfamiliar guys that he hasn't worked with before, and I don't know if that's fair to him. And then the other thing is, though, if you put him in with the second team and we know that the tackles behind the two starters are, let's just say, question marks, my goodness. I mean, is Daniel Jones going to be running for his life every time he drops back to pass if he's in there with the backups? So, you know, I'm, 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 you know, but then again, it's football. These guys are men. You got to be tough. You got to play the game, and you can't put them in bubble wrap the entire month of August. That's right. You, you can't. And it's football, regardless of who, where you're playing, and who you're playing, you always get that chance of getting hurt. It's sure. I always, my guys said, once you once you go out here and play, there's that chance you're going to get hurt, regardless of how you're playing. You can be playing two hand touch. And somebody takes it serious enough, somebody can get hurt playing. It's I just a, I just hope that Daniel Jones has enough sense that if he does have to drop back to pass a lot behind the back of linemen, that he's able to run out of bounds. Because I don't really need to see any Jets defenders taking some hits on him. Well, if, if Eli's only going to play one or two series, I would like, I mean, he's the sixth overall pick. I'll, instead of um, Tanny, unless Eli wasn't playing, then I wouldn't mind Tanny starting. Mm-hmm. But if Eli's going to play, I think I would rather go to Daniel Jones after Eli. I mean, he's the sixth overall pick. I'm not looking for him to light it all up. But I'd like to see him as far as is he making right decisions. I'm not going to question his arms. I don't know who's questioning if he can throw these throws. The guy's the number six pick overall. You have scouts watching him. And and, and, and these guys know more than just as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to throw. So you, there's no way he can be a six overall pick and don't have the arm. So I'm not worried about his arm. Right. I'm worried about his decision making. Is he can he make the right decision, make the right read, and throw in the right area? Um, if he's off a little bit, that's expected because it's the first thing. 
is it the right decisions he's making? Are you looking at the tape and say, that's what he should be going? I like right. what he thinks, you know. And that's all I wanted to see. The other thing I want to know, because we're talking about exhibition games, I, didn't, I haven't seen anything about joint practice. Do they have a lined-up joint practice or no? No, shouldn't. no. The Giants are not having any joint practices this season. Oh, good. I thought that would be uh, a pretty good practice to have, a, a joint practice if they were going to do yeah, that. Yeah, I think Coach Shermer explored it, but I don't think the schedule worked out well enough that they were able to, to make it happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried again next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other one I wanted to, uh, you know, I, wanted to, I haven't heard much about Bill. Is, is Bill all right? Or? Well, he tweaked his hammy and his groin about a week ago. And and as he has come off the field to nurse his injuries, it has allowed Corey Ballantyne to get extra snaps. In fact, he even got a few snaps with the ones today, and right. he has been outstanding. Yeah, I read I read uh, about him. I do like the secondary that we have, even though they're young guys, unproven, but they have the skills. But the Bill one, I don't know if you remember last year, he was the one I was asking for in the supplemental draft, mm-hmm. and. And Bill, I, I think he does have the talent, but I think so too. The injuries now is concerning me a little bit. I'm not going to worry too much about it right now. But he didn't play last year because of injury. Shoulder. That was a now shoulder, though. This is different. This is a lower tissue, a lower body, a soft tissue injury. So I don't want to equate it to the shoulder, and I, I don't want to call him injury prone. And in fact, Coach Schirmer was asked about him today and said, "Well, you know, he's getting better, and when he gets in there, he's just going to have to catch up." Right, right. And that, that, that's the part that concerns me because he has to catch up. Right? I, I know. He missed the last year. And so well, he to... I'll say this, Coach Marvin, if the other three rookie corners are all really doing well and they all see time once the regular season starts, you know, it, it's a crowded secondary now. You know, yeah. it'd be a luxury, to be honest with you, if all four of those guys are ready to produce immediately. That would be outstanding. Right now, it looks like that the other three are ready, which is which is really terrific. And it's gravy if Beal can catch up and also be ready by the Dallas game. Right. And, 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 and I think that can be a, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, I, I really like the secondary, even though they're not experienced. I do like uh, the talent that they have. I mean, the only thing they had was college. So that's all we can look at what they did in college. And when they did play in college, they played it well at the top level in college. So mm-hmm. that's, there's some skill there. Well, Beal didn't. Beal, 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 Beal was, at, he was not at a power program. Right, I know that. But, right. but, but nonetheless, I mean, you're right. His skill set is there. I have every confidence that, that he can play in this league. Uh, but right now, he's falling behind a bit. That's all. That's okay. Right, 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 right. Thanks, Marvin. Right, that's, Be great. Right, that's all I wanted to talk about today. You have a good day. You too. Call again. 201-939-4513. Our lines are open. There's plenty of room to get in here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We are here Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We're on for one hour to take your calls and your comments about the New York football Giants. You can hit me up personally at GiantsWFAN on Twitter or at hashtag GiantsChat. NYGT Blair says uh, about Paul Perkins, he had a big, he has a big opportunity with the upcoming preseason games. I think if he plays above average, he sticks, and Wayne Goldman is gone. Uh, 
I don't agree with that. He says, old management team drafted Goldman, not this regime. Well, that's true, but I do think that Wayne Goldman is the second running back on this depth chart, and I don't see him necessarily losing that position. I don't think he's done anything at training camp that would knock him down a notch. However, I do believe very strongly that Paul Perkins is solidified as the number three running back. And as I've said many times on this show before, uh, he has caught more passes out of the backfield than any of the Giants running backs, at least by just uh, uh, the eye test during the spring and the summer. And we already know that from his rookie season when he averaged 10 yards a catch, And when he was able to pick up the blitz on third down, which we also saw that he is fully capable of becoming, at the very least, a productive third down specialist. At the very least. Uh, I'm a big Paul Perkins guy because I do like him in space. And again, third down back, you get about in space, he can do damage by cutting and weaving his way through people. Not the fastest guy straight on. Not the most powerful guy straight on. But you get him in space, he makes people miss. That's That was his specialty at UCLA when I think one of the uh, analytic services had him with the most uh, juke yardage, if you will, uh, in, in the, his class when he came out like three years ago. Oh, I see the line starting to ring a little bit. That's good. 201-939-4513. Let's see if we've got a, a, a tweet on Giants chat that we can get to. Uh, Alex Wilson says, Connolly has earned first-team reps lately, quickly rising. B.J. Goodson better watch his back. Well, Connolly, the rookie out of Wisconsin, the fifth-rounder, has been earning first-team reps uh, mostly as a sub-package when they go first-team with the sub uh, because of his quickness and athleticism. Um, He has uh, certainly gotten some opportunities in that regard. So very good for him. Uh, as he continues to prove that he may have a chance to be more than just a special teams player during his rookie season. Uh, We do want to remind people, I'm being told by Dave, that, again, the Giants game on Thursday night, if you want to listen to it, it's only on WFAN 660 AM because on the other side of the uh, dial for WFAN FM 101.9, they'll have the Yankees game on. So the Yankees will be on FAN-FM. The Giants will be on FAN-AM on Thursday night. So in case you're trying to find it on your radio dial, you understand why you may not find the game on the FM dial. That's where the Yankees will be. Also, uh, it has been confirmed that uh, sometime in the next 24 hours or so, we expect to see the Giants' first unofficial depth chart, which comes out uh, with the PR staff's blessing. It's not necessarily the official coach's blessing, but the PR staff has to put something out to prepare people for the football game. So, uh, you know, the game's going to kick off at 7 o'clock on Thursday. They uh, they do have a two-deep that will be coming out probably in the next 24 hours or so, but don't put much stock in that. It's more just for people to prepare to uh, announce the game or cover the game as a writer or fans to get an idea of of who may get some more snaps. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what's going to happen in week one of the regular season against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. On line three, it's Brian from Alabama. And Brian is next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, Paul. Uh, first time caller. You all do a great job. Thank you um, so much. Just a couple quick questions. One, if you were the GM, given Eli's durability, would you just keep two quarterbacks? That's just one question. And then the other question, uh, kind of a two-parter, 
Rod Smith, have you seen him take any reps at fullback? And do you, do you think they'll they'll keep Penny as a fullback or try to do without it? Yeah, I and think I'll take it off there. Okay, Brian. I think if if they do keep a fullback, it will be Elijah Penny. I don't think it will be Rod Smith. He's been in there in some one back situations and so forth. Um, I I have Paul Perkins being the number three running back, and I think Rod Smith is veteran insurance. And right now he's bringing up the rear as number four. Now, whether you keep four halfbacks, I, I don't see that happening. I think you keep three halfbacks. And if you're going to keep a fullback in Elijah Penny, well, then that's the end of the running back depth chart right there. There's just no point in going any further. The question becomes, do you keep a fullback per se? And that's an interesting debate. Part of the problem here is also going to involve your first question. How many quarterbacks do you keep? Um, I think the Giants are going to try to keep extra defensive backs because they have so much young talent back there. And it wouldn't surprise me if they try to keep an extra guy in the trenches either, whether it's the defensive line or the offensive line. Uh, They may have to keep an extra wide receiver. I mean, understand, Golden Tate may or may not be suspended for the first four games of the regular season. So, oh, I think we uh, we got a dial problem here, Dave. We got to get that line off the air, Dave. Dave, we got to get that line off the air. There you go. I understand you are, but you know the dial tone. Yeah, Schmelk uh, sticking his nose in here to the studio as we're doing the show. Um, Here's the thing: so you're going to have to probably keep an extra wide receiver because Tate's going to be out of commission in all likelihood. Although you never know for the first month of the year. So you have positions you're going to want an extra guy. Where do you steal it from? Like I say, Rob Peter to play Paul. That's always a good thing since I'm a Paul. Uh, In any event, you also have to understand part of the questions or part of the dilemma with the quarterback thing is this. Coach Shermer really, really, really admires Alex Tanney. Because of his veteran leadership, his football acumen, and his ability to run the offense cold with hardly any preparation. In fact, no preparation at all. That's valuable to the coach. And he constantly tells us about that. He praises Tanny time and time again for that. Now, do you keep that around? Even if Daniel Jones has shown enough, and right now he's shown an awful lot, to make you believe that he should be the number two opening day. And I think right now the arrow is going in that direction. I think Daniel Jones is progressing toward being the number two quarterback on this team week one against the Cowboys. I think that's the way it's pointed. He's really looked that good. The preseason games will probably tell us if Jones does belong as the two or if he does not. If he does not belong as the two, well, then maybe you do have to keep Tanny and you have to go with three quarterbacks. It's an interesting dilemma. It really is because the Giants are unbalanced in that some positions they know they're going to want to keep an extra guy or two, and in other positions you're going to have to slice. 201-939-4513. We've got about seven minutes left on the program, and the lines are open. If you want to get in very quickly, we will definitely get you in 
as we get set for the Giants and the New York Jets and the preseason opener on Thursday night. Funny that the the only time, and, and they had mentioned this to me on the fan the other day, and, and I had originally forgotten about it. I was asked about the Giants and Jets always playing the third or fourth preseason game, and it always really is that way, except for the one time, which I had meant to block for a moment, when they cut the ribbon on MetLife Stadium. That was the only time when the Giants and Jets played in the first weekend of the preseason because this way the Giants and Jets could both say that they were involved in the first ever football game in the new building. And as you will remember, the Giants won that game. And, uh, you know, subsequently the preseason rivalry continues and they flop home team and road team every other year. This is a Giants home game uh, coming up on, on Thursday. Uh, let's take a look at Twitter and see if there's anything here that uh, that you folks wanted to chime in about. Uh, do, 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 do. Looks like we've got uh, Chino. Uh, Chino likes the uh, opportunity to use extra defensive backs in a sub package more often. Mm, I don't have a problem with that. It's something that I've been advocating now for several weeks. So that's not a bad idea. Big Blue View says, nice to see Wesley finally getting some work during team periods. And Brian says, uh, let's see, not sure who he's referring to. Oh, he's referring to the Latimer catch, the bomb, which was the play of the day today. He said it was a nice deep pass. Uh, I bet uh, the Eli haters will comment uh, that they only uh, want to see, they only see him throw short passes all the time. <laughs> well, hey, you know, you can't see if your eyes aren't open. That's uh, that's really the only thing I'll say about that. Um, oh, we got a call, Dave. We get one more call in here. Let's let's sneak him in. One more phone call on Big Blue Kickoff. Oh, he went away. He went away. I'm sorry. Uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. It is here every single Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Check us out on Giants.com or on the Giants app. And then, of course, you can always catch the webcast uh, on video later on during the day, or you can catch the audio through the podcasts and then just download it to your device and just listen to it. This way you don't have to watch. You can just listen to it maybe while you're on the subway or on the bus or driving your car home. Uh, We certainly appreciate all of your participation. This has been Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. We will be back again tomorrow at 1 p.m. New York time. I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you then.